Hello, and welcome to The Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who have had an association with The Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area. Kosh listeners, how are we doing today? It is a wonderful day, actually, for it to be November, and today was the day that we were supposed to set clocks back, so or, or forward. And whatever it was, we were supposed to set the clocks up, right? And so, like, it's it's good. It feels good in the air. Um, it's sunny. And I'll take it, and it's not that false sun where it looks beautiful, and then it's, like, minus three. No, we, we got, like, legit, like, maybe 50s? Is it 50s? I don't know. It's, it's somewhere in there, and it feels fabulous, and I'm just going to celebrate it in the month of November because I don't, you know, we never know if we're going to get another one, but I am secretly hoping that we might just get one more secret 60, low 70-degree day that might just creep up on us. I know, I know. I'm, I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. I realize it, but nonetheless, don't hate on a brother's hope. Let this brother hope for good weather. I'm about that life. That's what's going on. All right. So I think, you know, gosh, listeners, you know, you know what I'm about to say. I do not know how I keep getting these amazing, amazing guests. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. And this week is absolutely no different. Uh, this week's guest. Mm, oh, wait, here we go. This week's guest is Eden Weller. Hey, Eden, what's going on? How's it going, Timber? Um, um, fall back. You had it right. Fall back, spring ahead is how I remember it. So, so oh, okay. Yeah. Fall is back. You fall back. And spring is ahead. That's it. Ah, okay. I've heard people think about it, but until you just said it right now, I did not make the connection correlation about how that rolls. Every time the clocks move, I have to remember that. It's fall and we fall back. We set it back an hour. Okay. That's what's up. And how are you feeling with the fall back? Uh, it, it, it's, uh, I don't love it because that means the days are shorter. That means it's going to be 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock and it's going to be dark. Yep. Um, it is a nice day for it to happen. Uh, and it's been <laughs> a nice weekend with the sunshine. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's also the start of winter. So the, the, the darkness and the cold uh, affects affects me. I get, uh, I'm get. i getting mentally ready for it, though. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm hoping that secretly, I don't know, that somebody told me the Farmer's Almanac. Uh, do people still read those? <laughs> do people still believe in those? I'm just uh, saying. People quote them, and I had read that it's going to be a cold winter, but I, I, expect a, I expect the coldest, nastiest winter. Now, there. see, somebody told me it was supposed to be a not so snowy winter. Oh, okay. Which that could be the same. Yeah, right. If it's right. cold and if it's, it's not really, as snowing. Right. Yeah. Because usually if we're if it's like below twenty, it's usually not snowing. It's just cold. Yeah. Uh climate change and who knows and the uncertainties and um yeah, I've never looked to see if the farmer's almanac is accurate. I, yeah, I, right. I don't know, I, yeah. but it, but it's a thing. People believe in it. I mean, you know, where do they and where does the farmers' almanac get this this assumption from? Because you know, I believe people buy these things, right? Uh, well, I, maybe not anymore. I, do I, they still sell them? Yeah. So where I see it is on social. I mean, they still quote them. It it it's still is it a thing? Is it a, is it at Walgreens available? I think probably. Yeah. No, I've never bought one. I was going to say Fleet Farm. Yeah. Fleet Farm is where I've legitimately <laughs> seen it. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that makes sense. Now Walgreens, I don't know about that. You know, we're I'm going to talk about that a little bit in a second. So, all right, you ready to jump in? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, Eaton, uh, what is your connection to the Kosh and the surrounding Fox Cities area? Yeah. Uh, so I am a UW Oshkosh alum. Ooh, Titan. Uh, 2001, 2005, uh, undergrad in marketing and economics from the University of Wisconsin at Oshkosh. Uh, so moved there, have been in the Valley since. Um, live in Nina now. Um, <laughs> the Nina. Um, and uh, went back to UW Oshkosh for a master's degree. Connected to the community, I officiate youth basketball. Uh, and there is a high school rec league that plays at the rec center in Oshkosh. And I've been doing that for 15 years. So, uh, Saturday mornings, I get to come into Oshkosh and hang out and, uh, officiate and referee, uh, a pretty cool youth basketball league. Uh, and then I, uh, facilitate, uh, I'm a consultant in the Valley in, in the, uh, greater Oshkosh area, uh, Appleton, Green Bay, kind of the region there. Um, so still connected to the community and the work that I do today. Do you ball? <laughs> All I can think about yeah. was, I wonder if he balls. I have played. I don't play anymore. Okay. Uh, knee injury has stopped me from playing competitively. Okay. Uh, I used to play a lot of basketball. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um. Yeah, I know. I get that point in life. Uh, I'm against all physical activity because of uh, joints, hips, knees, elbows, all of that, wrists. Like, yeah, I've hit that age where I, I, I want to keep them functional. Yeah, I, I try to keep my stuff on the ground. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, right. And facts. <laughs> That's big fat facts. All right. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, the league here, the rec league here in Oshkosh, I think that's, from what I remember back in the day, not that I've ever played in it, but I do know a little something about it. Like, that's a pretty competitive rec league. Yeah, the men's rec league is. They have some good ballers there. I don't do men's anymore. They have a youth league, which is what I do on Saturdays. So that is for high school kids that don't make their team at the high school have a chance to play. Uh, uh. And she has 12 or 16 teams usually – um, that play all day at the rec center, and those kids are playing for fun. Those kids are playing sport for the right reason, um, oh, okay. to be teammates. So uh, that's what I enjoy about that particular league. Uh, the men's league, I mean, it's it's still – it's st is it competitive? Yeah. Uh, it is men's rec basketball. Hey, uh, people so, are still uh, trying to hold on to the glory. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know? For sure they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, I didn't see them. <laughs> I won't play with them. But I didn't see them. <laughs> All right. You ready to jump into the first segment? Let's do it. All right. The first segment is called What in the World is Going On With? That's where you start with the phrase, what in the world? And then you tell us what is on your mind. Yeah. Uh, what in the world is going on with uh, competitive slapping? Power slap. Have you seen any of that? Bruh. Yes. Uh, that is, I think, made for the TikTok generation, but they turned it into a competitive sport. Um, yeah, I've watched. I've watched. Uh, here's the funny thing. I don't have TikTok, but I think I've watched TikToks of different rounds of it because UFC is associated with it now. Right. right. And I'm like, 
Wow. Yeah. So they commissioned it. Um, and then the person that did it apologized, um, and said that was a mistake. Um, and they've gotten some pushback on it as should this be a competitive sport? Um, why are we highlighting it? Um, and it's catchy and I get why they did it because people watch it because people want to see it. So those, for those not familiar, it is like arm wrestling where you're, you know, um, right, right against your partner uh, yeah. and you are three or four or five rounds of slapping uh, one slap and then a reaction. And if you fall, you're done. Otherwise you get to slap back. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I see both sides of it. I see why they did it. I see why people watch. And I'd say, is there a better way that we can garner people's attention? I, I like it. I'm just going to go ahead and say I like it. And I'll tell you why I like it. Because, see, I was trying to actually think, is there a reason not to like it? Yeah. Right? And I, But here's the thing. It fits all. To me, it fits all of the other qualifications of other combat sports. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've grown up watching boxing. I love Mike Tyson, uh, Larry Holmes, stuff like that. I've watched my fair share of UFC fights uh, throughout the time. I loved Anderson Silva. You know, he was my favorite. Uh, you know, uh, I and then this. This just goes real fast. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay, there's still you still have to train for it, right? There's oh, a, you should. You there, better. There's yeah. a training element to it, right? There's technique to it. It would behoove you to work out and get prepared for it. There's the mental toughness to be able to do it. I think everything that fits in other combat sports falls into I don't know what's the official term. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have it either. I'm with you. I hear you. Uh, I think the reason not to do it is because kids see it and then they do it in their basement. Uh, and it's without what you just described, training and technique and medical around it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unsafe and it's uh, it's a good way to concuss a buddy. That's fair. Yeah. But, but just play devil's advocate. Please. We've been watching wrestling forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as somebody who has grown up, like, I don't know, I want to say almost my entire life watching some wrestling. I don't watch any right now, but I mean, I grew up back in the day with Crusher and Baron Von Rasky. If y'all really know wrestling, wrestling, that's that real wrestling that was in Milwaukee and the Mecca. And then, you know, I went through the initial WWF phase, Junkyard Dog and all of them. And then, you know, you go into the Rock and Stone Cold phase and like, look, if kids are going to try anything, yeah. they're going to try to rock bottom somebody off the dresser top in their bedroom <laughs> You know, I can't tell you how many stone cold stone cold stutters people then then did probably on concrete in places that they shouldn't be doing stuff like this. Right. I don't know if it's any more unsafe than any of these other things. That's my only. That is my argument. Not and gosh, listen, I don't want to think you think I'm justifying this because I'm not justifying it. I'm just pointing out where my mind went first. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. I like fair. it. I see both sides of it. All right. I do. I do. I, I, I do see both sides of it. Yeah. All right. 
and you're not going to secretly be trying to join this sport. And, and, and you and I are not going to do that at close. Uh, no, right, that, yeah, no, yeah. I don't, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Eating you a big dude, well, I don't want those problems. He's <laughs> like, I, I ain't doing that. No, that I, look, I ain't doing none of the combat sports. Right. Look, I'm smart enough to no. I'm a smart dude. I'm not. I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm not into the putting hands on people if, if that ain't about that life. And you can appreciate it and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, just for, for what it is. Yeah. yeah, you know. Now I'm going to pay more attention to it. I haven't seen it in a while. It was on my timeline somewhere. It must have got caught up in my analytics because I've stopped to pause to watch it a little too long. But uh, it hasn't been around in a while. Yeah, and it's easy, right? It's a flip. It's 15 seconds. It's right. it's a person getting knocked out, so you don't have to spend a ton of time to it, I think, to to, to see it or to know it. Oh, I like it when they actually don't. Like, yeah. the people that just sit there and take it, and then they look you in your eye, and then they kind of twitch their neck a little bit, and then they prep. Look, yes, prep, and say, now I, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, on some, that's some of the hardest <laughs> stuff I've ever seen. That's, mm, that's some real stuff. Okay. My what in the world is going on with is what in the world is going on with half price or, or really cheap candy after Halloween. Bruh. All right. So here's my thing. I'm not complaining, complaining about it. Other than my wife going to Walgreens and coming back with 32 bags of, of chocolate. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem with this. Like, you, you and and wait and knows and is waiting is waiting for that opportunity for after Halloween. As a matter of fact, I feel like it's it's her uh, it's her chocolate prep sport. Yeah, like she's she starts <laughs> talking to me about it a couple of weeks before Halloween is done, and she's like, "Hey, you know, candy's gonna go on sale after Halloween. Yes, baby, every year." every year but there's a glimmer in her eye and i have not been reading this glimmer right like you know i get it you know and, and i'm all for it I, i'd like a couple of these multi-bag uh the big bags of uh multiple different types of chocolate you know i, I like my Reese cups i like peanut m&ms you know I'm, I'm with that and let's get some bite size you know i'll get down with it but mm-mm, not this year yeah this year she went for it and Walgreens, I'm going to curse you a little bit because why did you make them so cheap? Because then she tried to buy them all. <laughs> she tried to buy them all. And I'm just like, that ain't right. So now I've got a basement full of Halloween candy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know y'all are saying these are first world problems. Right. These are first world problems. But here's the other problem with it. If I've got a basement full of candy, what's got to happen? It's got to go somewhere. We got to eat the candy. I'm not going. Look, I'm that dude. You know, if you if it's in the house, I don't like the waste. I'm not going to let the candy go to waste. So now I'm going to end up eating all this candy. Yeah, I feel you. Um, we bought, we paid full price for ours. Um, mm, bruh. <laughs> and uh, my kids, a uh, 10 year old and a 13 year old at home, um, brought back a lot. Um, they did some work. Uh, oh. I think um, a 
15 pounds is what we weighed my son's pillowcase on. Oh yeah. Weighed in. Candy. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it was, it yeah. was a, a nearly full pillowcase. Bruh. And he took a pillowcase. I'm going to tell you right now, that's how you know who's serious. Yeah. Like when you, when you're watching trick or treaters, those with pillowcases, they got a plan. Yeah. Like they're going hard. Like they're going to literally tackle every house that they can tackle. Like it's tactical and they probably secretly got walkie talkies going on <laughs> and stuff. Like they're radioing each other from different streets. Oh, here's the full, the king size candy bars are over here on 37th. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm believing that. Uh, so there's a ton of candy in the house and I'm eating more candy in the last week than I've, than I ever do um, because it's available. What you talked about. Mm, see? Same philosophy. Not quite the same, the same, but you know, because, you know, I believe that even though they may have had this pillowcase of candy, what I feel like my wife brought home from the after candy sale is multiple pillowcases. Like yep. she went ham. Uh, and she's got a sweet tooth. She loves chocolate. Is it? <sighs> she is. It's phases. Yeah. It's phases. And actually, I think she likes to feed other people chocolate more than she likes to eat chocolate oh, herself right now. Yep. So now it's like about other folks. Yeah. Because she didn't, she didn't talk about she was going to eat this candy. She was like, um, I got some candy because I, I know you need some candy for work, right? And I do. I got a candy dish at work. And, and then... I see the the bags that she bought, and I'm like, "How many jobs you think I got?" <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. I'm just saying. Okay, we're on to the next segment. Next segment is our new segment. Um, we're trying this out. We're trying to figure this out. Uh, you know, uh, the Kosh has passed 100 episodes, and so what we're trying to do is we're always trying to keep it fresh. And I'm hoping. And I'd, I'd be eager to hear from you, Kosh listeners, how you like this segment. This segment is called 21 Questions. Uh, not that we're asking 21 questions, but, you know, I thought it was a good name. And we're just going to ask some questions that are a little more in-depth. All right? Eden, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What are you grateful for? Family. Uh, kids, for sure. Healthy, healthy kids um, and how big of an influence they have been on me uh, being able to be a father, uh, having the privilege of being a father, being grateful for that. Uh, I think oftentimes it's easy to fall into these are all of the responsibilities or adulting is hard, uh, but what I try to do regularly is it's a privilege to be able to wake up my kids and get them ready for school, get them off to school, pick them up for school. Um, there's a lot of energy that I get, um, from being a father. So that's what stands out, um, first when, when I think about, uh, what I'm grateful for. What motivates you? Yeah, I think it's around impact for me. Uh, I think it's, it's, um, a realization that we only have so much time on this earth. Uh, you only get one dance, uh, and, um, to use that time and energy in a way um, that you can achieve impact um, so that you can leave the world in a better place um, so that you can contribute to um, meaningful things that are happening in the community. What grounds you? 
Yeah, I think a few here uh, when I think about this. Um, my partner is a social worker. Um, so I think just an understanding of what's happening on the front line, um, a realization of, of what's happening on the front line uh, in our community uh, is grounding. Um, I sub uh, occasionally as an educational assistant in the Nina School District. Um, so I'm uh, in, in uh, elementary schools and, and middle schools on a fairly consistent basis along with some volunteering work I do at my uh, daughter's school. Uh, so I think seeing that, uh, seeing what happens today, uh, connecting with youth, understanding challenges um, from different perspectives, kids and teachers' perspective. Um, and then I do some work uh, for CASA of the Fox Cities as a CASA uh, and understand working to understand the youth that are involved uh, in, the, in the child welfare system, in the foster system, uh, and how the court system works. Uh, so that experience, I think, uh, the, that combination of experiences keeps me grounded. What does success look like to you? Ooh-wee. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I, I like that question. It's changed, uh, and, and it depends, and it's complex for me. Uh, I, the first part of my career, I spent thinking about success as uh, salary and job title uh, and climbing that corporate ladder. Uh, and and uh, recently, uh, COVID pandemic, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, um, have defined success differently. Uh, and um, think about things like self-care and think about things like uh, family. And think about things like liking what I do uh, and thinking about things like uh, where my energy is. Uh, a broader definition of what success looks like. Uh, and then also kind of thinking about that, um, that it depends. Uh, success can look differently in different spaces. So even um, thinking about what success looks like. Um, from a relationship, from a project standpoint, from a collaboration. Uh, if you can align on what that looks like and have that conversation about what success looks like uh, as part of the project plan, as part of that relationship, uh, because I think it ebbs and flows and it evolves uh, and it can look differently um, depending on, on uh, who you're working with, what you're working on, uh, and where you're at in that relationship and that collaboration. What irritates you? Yeah, I think I think um, when people don't listen, uh, I, I think when people ask a question um, but then don't hold space for response. Um, so I, I guide and facilitate like a listen to understand approach. Uh, not listen to respond or, or ask a question because then you can say what you wanted to say about it. Um, so, and I see it regularly. And, and I think listening is an underrated skill. Uh, and um, I, I see it regularly and consistently. And we talk about like holding space for others and helping other people be seen. Um, and I think um, we need to teach or develop or practice and help people practice what true listening looks like. 
what scares you? It's a lot. Um, being asked to, to <laughs> talk about what scares me, scares me, Timber. <laughs> uh, that the question is scary a little bit. Um, so I think, uh, I think undiagnosed mental illness scares me. I think, um, folks that are, are living with it and dealing with it and, um, that coupled maybe with the, the loneliness or isolation epidemic scares me. Um, just kind of thinking about that as a broader challenge, um, mental health challenge challenges, people dealing with mental health challenges that don't necessarily have the support or don't feel like they have the support that they could use. What recharges your soul? Even on a journey of self-care in the last few years, and one of the things that I do regularly is uh, the steam room and the sauna. Um, so like tangibly, physically recharging my soul, uh, kind of sweating that out, uh, drinking a bunch of water, uh, and getting ready and prepared mentally and physically for the day. Um, that's how I would answer that one. All right. One more question. And it's a question I didn't put on the list, but, uh, I like this question because it I just think it's I think it's so relevant. And how do you define love? Yeah, I think it's the deepest human emotion and feeling that we have. And for me it's difficult to put words around it. It's that feeling. It's it's you know it when you're in a space where you can feel it. Um you feel seen, you feel understood. Uh, you know that you're supported and you can be vulnerable in that space where love is present. Uh, when it is present, you can be candid and honest about mistakes that you've made or what you're feeling. And you know that you have a human on the other side of it that isn't going to judge or leave or not support uh, and help you through it. Uh, that's that's how I think about that. Thank you. All right, next segment. Our next segment is word association, and um, word is, word association. I'm going to say some words, and you tell me what comes to your mind. Uh, the first word. This is always our first word. It's our uni- unifying word. It's the word that brings us all together, and that is food yeah Uh, i'm a chicken wing guy Uh, so that's what comes to mind when i think about that Um, my son and i will regularly go out um, and and do some work on some chicken wings Uh, we have a place in nina that we like icu Um, buffalo wild wings still holds up uh, in our house uh, and then pizza as well. So if I get two, it's chicken wings and it's pizza. Uh, Cranky Pat's uh, in Nina has a, a lunch buffet uh, that when I think about places that I want to go, along with a salad and soup. So uh, you're going to get your fill there. Uh, those are the two two things that I think about when I think about food. 
No oh, man, you you hit you hit home with me with Cranky Pats. You know that was my that was my church here in the Kosh. Yeah, like we I miss that place all the time. Yeah. Big sh- big big shout out to my Cranky Pats family here in the Kosh. Um, I wish we could get that back. Yeah, because it was it was uh, it was just a great group of people, and they had good wings. Mm. Like I really enjoyed Cranky Pats wings. They were they were solid. All right, cocktail or beer. Yeah, I enjoy both. Um, I would say beer, and I would say craft beer, and I would say IPA. Um, Lion's Tail is my go-to in Nina, uh, and they have some strong beers on tap. I like trying new things, uh, and uh, I like strong IPAs. Uh, I like sours as well. Um, Partake in light beer as well. So um, I'm a beer guy. Beer guy. Okay. Shop local. Yeah, um, it it might be an interesting take on that, but I'm going to say the public library where you don't necessarily shop with money, uh, but what a resource that is. Uh, So we have a great one in Nina. Uh, I know good things about Oshkosh Public Library. Um, You're not necessarily spending money, um, so it might not fit the theme, um, but uh, a community resource where you can go and um, grab a book uh, and I like the community events that take place there too. Uh, I spend a fair amount of time in the, the literacy space and I'm working on a project in the early literacy space. And, uh, how do we highlight and get more people aware of, um, the unbelievable resource that is the public library? I'm going to agree. I like that answer. And I'll even tell you, like, I think people, if you haven't been to a library in a long time, you're sleeping on it. Like they have everything. And, uh, like, I didn't know they have video games. Like mm-hmm. you can go, you can go get your video games from the library. Yeah, like that's fantastic. Uh, I love a good audio book. Yeah, and they have audio books available at the library. Uh, I like the fact that you can do digital books or di- uh, digital books or digital uh, audio books from the library lo- using one of those apps. I use Hoopla, and uh, that is fantastic. I don't think people know. Like, you don't know if you don't know. But if you do go, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised by everything. Um, And I think they're more media centers now. So our library slash media centers are public media centers and what they offer. Yep. Uh, My daughter loves to craft. And they have craft kits there uh, where it makes, makes it easy to grab a pouch. And you have all of the supplies and a short video of how to make that craft. Uh, She's all about it. You know, activities to do. Uh, to your point about thinking about it more broadly than a printed book. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. For real? Activity yeah. kits? Yeah. Now, that's one I didn't know about. That's pretty cool. So, okay. I'm going to add one more word to this. Once again, not on the list. And that word would be diversity. Yeah, uh, I like it. Uh, it's the space that you're in. Um, so I think about it often. Uh, I think about diversity of thought. Uh, I guide human-centered design and get groups of people to solve community challenges. Uh, and one of the things I talk about is uh, making sure that all of the voices are heard or that the underrepresented voices of, are heard. Uh, and how do we do that? Uh, and one of the, the areas that I teach is around empathy interviews, and that is connecting with those that have those diverse experiences, the different lived experience that we have. 
uh, and how to unpack some of that. Uh, so that's what I think it's about. It's about um, understanding and appreciating uh, and feeling uh, other people's experiences that are different than yours. Uh, and, and when we're creating um, solutions for broad community challenges, uh, how do we get the folks at the table that maybe aren't invited to the table or isn't convenient to get them to the table or don't trust the table that we're sitting at? I want to go back to these empathy interviews. Yeah. What is that? That sounds fascinating. And I'm not going to lie. I do think that is something that many spaces could use. So yeah. what, what, what does that involve? What, what is that? Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit when I talked about listening without judgment, uh, it is holding space for another human being, uh, is identifying a perspective that you don't know uh, that you're interested in learning about. Uh, it's genuine, open-ended question. Uh, it's asking them to tell story. Uh, you do some of that in your, you might be in a, you are uh, exploring what an empathy interview is and maybe not, not naming it by that, but it is uh, asking deep inquisitive questions about their experience, holding space for it, following it up with a why, asking them to explore emotions and feelings and capturing it uh, without your perspective on it, without your take on it, what you think doesn't matter. Um, so to teach and guide that, um, we, we look at who's at the center of the challenge that we're looking to solve, identify those folks, and then I have the workshop participants go out and do that primary research, go talk to people, uh, and do it in a way where they feel comfortable enough to share uh, their truth and then hold that space up. And then we use that as the foundation to understand what the opportunity is and then build solution around it. Uh, so if you do that on the front end and you connect with another human on what that is and really understand their perspective, uh, then you can't argue about who's right or wrong or what it means or, or who's at the center of what you're trying to solve because you, you felt that. Uh, and that's the energy that you move forward as you move forward with uh, that innovation framework. Thank you. Yep. All right. We're going to jump into the next segment. And the next segment is called the Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to share with us about a hidden gem. Maybe it's something no one knows about or very few people know about. Maybe it's something everybody knows about, but they don't know the details of it. Yep. What is your hidden gem? Uh, so I attended TEDx Oshkosh yesterday oh, uh, at right. the Grand. Yeah. Uh, people should know about it. In my opinion, um, more people should know about it or take interest in it or give it a look. Um, they've done it, I think, annually since 2016, maybe a missing COVID year. Um, but the energy in the Grand Opera yesterday, the event itself, uh, I think there were about a dozen presenters um, that were up on the red dot sharing on uh, a topic that they were passionate about. Um, and that's what it is about. It's about diverse perspectives. It's about um, ideas that you want to share more broadly. Uh, and... Uh, uh, bringing community around diverse issues that people are passionate about uh, and chunked into kind of a 15-minute uh, 
presentation, a live presentation. Uh, so, so that's incredibly well done. Uh, I would encourage people to kind of take a look and become involved in that, either as a speaker uh, or attending on event day uh, or sponsoring it. It's a gem in the sense that we have it locally here in our community uh, that you can go and hear about people's life work um, that they've condensed into a 15-minute presentation and pitch. Facts. Still feeling energy from that day. Uh, so yeah. that's the one that stands out. I want to send, as a matter of fact, I'm going to send a big fat shout out to um, that uh, Kosh X, as I'm going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they actually, I know there were, uh, there were multiple Kosh alums who presented. So um, that always feels good to be connected with those those people. Um, they they've got episodes out here, so if you even would like to probably go just a little more in depth, then they were probably able to go in that fifteen minutes. We've got an episode for a couple of those presenters yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be pretty sweet. Um, I have uh, people have been trying to twist my arm to go do that now for uh, you know for a little while, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, y'all. I don't I don't do well in that whole presenting space. Oh, it's there. hard. Oh, it's hard. And I think that's some of it for me is that person practiced and is up there oh, yeah. and is doing their thing. Uh the courage that that takes is is part of the magic of what makes that day the day. Oh yeah, you do cuz you, you've got to have it memorized. You got to have the whole thing memorized and they there's a whole I've talked to um I just want to send a big fat shout out to uh, Juliet because uh, uh, Juliet definitely presented about uh, audio hearing. Oh yeah, and um, she, I was talking to her. Uh, I ran into her in an event, and she was explaining to me some of the things that you you got to do to prep for that presentation. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, not from Timber. <laughs> <laughs> Good, so. Awesome. That is a, that, you know what? That is a great hidden gem. Um, okay. Now is time. You know what? We're going to take a quick commercial break. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids, but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliet Sturkins audiologist and board member of Here in the Fox Cities and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children hear. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. Okay, we're back, and we are back with my new favorite segment of the Kosh, and that segment is known as Story Time. This is an opportunity for our guests just to share a story with us. It, it does not have to be about anything in particular. They take us wherever they want to go. So, Eden, what do you got? Yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about dudes and tacos a little bit. Oh, this sounds exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what that is and, and kind of how it came to fruition. Um, so um, I was involved in a community work group around solving for uh, men's mental health 
and particularly um, how do we reduce men's suicide? Uh, that's a, a huge issue, a huge challenge, specifically in Northeast Wisconsin. Uh, so got a group together to kind of brainstorm and come up with solutions around how might we solve for this? What are innovative ways in which we could solve for this? Uh, what we came up with was what we are calling Dudes and Tacos. Uh, and it is a men's mental health initiative. Uh, and it is around shoulder to shoulder connection. Uh, so each month we hold events uh, open to everyone, open to all dudes. Um, uh, around kind of a fun activity uh, or a topic of conversation or a guest speaker um, that is somewhat related to the initiative. Uh, and then we offer tacos as well. Uh, so uh, it's kind of grown organically into what it is, which is uh, a small group of men meeting each month uh, and a community um, the, of men that kind of build each other up. And we talk about hard things and we talk about fun things, uh, kind of that mix, uh, and kind of holding space for where people are at to have conversation. Uh, and then also we are working on how do we use that to help build skills and provide resources, uh, and, and ensure that folks have the resources that they need, um, to help their brother, to help, uh, another person person that might be struggling, um, that might be missing from network, um, that you aren't seeing out, um, that you know is going through some tough space. So uh, I think uh, I've learned a ton from it. Um, I'm a huge supporter of it. Uh, we're looking at ways in which we can kind of increase energy around that space. Um, and again, it's um, not around forcing men to get therapy or see a therapist. Uh, there's a huge gap in that space, and we didn't feel like putting energy into uh, getting them there was going to be effective. Uh, but what would be another way in which we could do that, uh, making folks aware of it, uh, increasing awareness with the community, uh, but providing events and tools and resources um, for men to help other men as, it, as, as we go through life. Uh, as we experience challenge, as we experience hardships. Uh, so the story of Dudes and Tacos is, I think, about a year and a half now uh, of monthly events and men coming together and growing community around uh, men's mental health. Now I'm going to ask a follow-up yeah. to, to dig into this, because I'm still, I'm going to pull something out here. Yeah. And that is, what is one of the most, what is the thing that you have seen that has come out of the dudes and tacos that you're most proud of? Is there, is there, was there a, was there a certain situation that was addressed by the dudes? Was there, um, uh, a topic of vulnerability or, or it doesn't even have to be a vulnerable topic. Maybe it was a topic of different types of tacos, whatever it yeah. is. Was there something that was talked about that, that you knew you had something special here or that it brought somebody up and it, you could see that there was, and I'm going to use your word impact. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, it was, uh, I could talk about me personally about what it's meant to me. Uh, and it was um, my opportunity to share kind of my mental health challenges and struggles and growth in that space and what it even means, right? My understanding of what self-care uh, and um, prioritizing self and uh, understanding and dealing with feelings and emotions uh, is. And then uh, having folks around say, wow, that was really meaningful. And I'm also dealing with this. And this is a hard thing that I'm dealing with. Um, so opening space for that conversation and to say, wow, I don't regularly practice this, um, but I have folks in my life that need me to be able to be uh, a more supportive person uh, and hear and hold space for that piece of it. So I think it's that. I think that's the impact that I've seen is um, people wanting to without knowing that they want to uh, be in a position where they can be uh, a support or an advocate uh, for folks in their spaces that are struggling and going through it uh, and kind of lean into difficult conversation that we otherwise might not have. Uh, it's easy to talk about the weather. It's easy to talk about sports. It's more difficult to talk about how relationships are going or challenges at work, or kids and family and partner challenges that are happening. Uh, but when you have that, you have it, and you know it, and you feel it, uh, and it makes the relationship stronger. Uh, and, I mean, just building a network of other folks who you know can hold space uh, and you can hold space for uh, has been the biggest impact that I've realized from my I work in that space. So what's the qualifier to be part of the group? And if college listeners are listening and they're thinking, this is exactly what I need. How do we make that connection? Yeah. Uh, so all dudes are welcome. Uh, and it is an initiative um, through foundations, health and wholeness, uh, which provides uh, mental health support and foster care support uh in the state of Wisconsin, in the regionally. Uh, so if you Google dudes and tacos, you will find it. Um, you will see the monthly events and I would encourage you to kind of find a monthly event and that, that resonates with you. Uh, they're either in, we've done events in Nina and Appleton and Green Bay. Uh, I would encourage you to kind of take a look uh, and we are building out kind of what the community around that looks like from a web presence. Um, I would say, I would say attend, attend an event, uh, look for those monthly events and see, see, um, grab a buddy and go or, or come, uh, come by yourself and, um, kind of just experience that piece of it. Um, and it's open to everybody. There's enough tacos for all. Should be. Yeah. Should be. That's yeah. that's that there. Uh I think tacos are therapy just on their own. That's it. You that's, know, like, that's like you, we ain't gotta talk about nothing. And you don't have to talk about anything. Show up and have a taco. Right. Yeah. We're throwing axes. Uh we're throwing axes next week. I think November fourteenth is the date. Um, and that's it, right? Like don't, don't, don't come and expect that you have to share all of your feelings about right. all of the things, uh, go throw, throw a tack, 
throw throw it axe, eat a taco, uh, meet a couple people, uh, and then show up to the next event. And yeah. It, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's about it's about building connection in a way that isn't a uh, we're going to sit around a circle and share our deepest feelings because um, that's difficult. That's hard. Not everybody's there, and that's not what this is about. Uh, that's most men aren't there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know what we do do. We'll eat some tacos. We do. Yeah. And then you build that and you have that informal conversation and then that shoulder to shoulder connection. Uh, That's right. And then when you're dealing with something, you, you know how to deal with it. Okay. Well, I, now I'm not going to lie. I want to drill down on this a little bit, yeah. but I'm not going to. We'll talk off air because the next thing that I need to know is I need to know who's making these tacos yeah. because this is serious, <laughs> you know, like, like there's so many now if these tacos, because that's going to make a difference in my mind, like how yeah. I'm showing up. Like if these tacos happen to be Diablo food truck tacos, then whoa, yeah. you guys are bougie yeah. and those are fantastic tacos. But you know, I'm just asking. And we, sh- and we switch it up. Uh, depending uh, on what we do. Uh, okay. So we might go for a hike. One of the events was a hike in High Cliff. Um, so we weren't able to cater. Uh, there are other um, members of the community that serve tacos that have catered for us, uh, that support the cause, um, that, that are uh, pretty fantastic. Fantastic. All right. I love it. Okay, Kosh listeners, we learned about a new resource. Um, I almost feel like that's the, the hidden gem. All right. And, all right, we know what time it is. Every single time, I love it. And it is time for the topic of the week. This is where our guest picks some topic to talk about. Um, We love uh, it's chosen by the guest 99.9% of the time. And, um... Can't wait to see what Eden's topic of the week is. Eden, what do we got? Where are we going? Yeah, uh, we talked a lot about men's mental health, but I think we can talk more about men's mental health. We didn't. uh, Otherwise, um, trauma is another area, and I think those two are related. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, So I've done a lot of work in this space to understand what it even is and what it means. and how those two connect and how they're related um, and how we as a community, um, we as individuals um, might be better aware uh, of the impact that trauma has, the traumas that we have as an individual uh, and what that means and what we do about them. Um, So uh, one of the measures of trauma is the ACEs, uh, adverse childhood effect score. Uh, and I think, um, so not enough people know about what that is, just awareness of what that is, uh, and the effects that that has. Uh, and then, um, what we do about it in that space and then how we as a community support those and understand the perspective of those that are dealing with that. Uh, so I think that's it, right? Like, um, whether or not, I, I, I believe everybody has trauma. I believe we all do. And we either, we either are aware of it and have processed it or have held, are processing it, uh, or we don't, or we repress it, or we hide it, 
we do everything in our effort to not talk about it or address it. So I think like you're either in one of those camps or somewhere in the middle. Uh, and then I think if you have an awareness of the different kinds of trauma and the definition of what trauma is, uh, that changes your perspective on how other people live and operate and make decisions and struggle and the challenges that they go about. So that has completely changed my perspective on interactions with other human beings. You mentioned ACEs. Yeah. Can you elaborate? What are those? Because that's one of those things. uh, Now, I know a little something about it, but um, I think it's an indicator that people don't know about it all and, and how the the research that's been done. Can you share a little bit about that so so Akash listeners can understand? Yeah, sure. And I'll link to it because I am not an expert in this space, uh, but basically a series of 10 or 12 questions based on your childhood. Uh, yes or no. Have you had these experiences? Um, an example would be... Uh, Abuse, uh, verbal or physical abuse as a child. Um, a parent that has abused drug or drugs or alcohol. Um, those are a couple examples of kind of the yes, no. And then based on your number of yeses uh, of the 10 questions, um, kind of predict the challenges and the amount of trauma that you have experienced as a child. And then they correlate those two outcomes. And, right. Uh, like how, what is your likelihood in being in certain types of systems or um, having law enforcement interactions? And I mean, they tie this number to many, many things that are basically uh, what they, I would call life, outcome indicators yeah yeah you know for kids that didn't necessarily ask or that's the environment that they were raised in right that, right like and i think that's it that was the biggest aha to me is oh there there's there's a way that we can scientifically or or um a way to measure and assess and understand that the reason that people behave and make decisions are a direct result of um, the environment in which they grew up in. As you're talking about this, particularly because you opened the door to not just men's mental health, but uh, trauma, what I, I can't quit playing in my head right now is hurt people hurt people Mm. and like how this all comes into play and like we don't even know like sometimes um, how people are react and you don't understand why this reaction is at a certain way or a certain level or um where these where these traits these these personality i don't know if it's fair to call them personality traits but um sometimes just what you're looking at and how much the individual doesn't even understand it it happened to them long ago that's it this is the reaction from what they've experienced yeah i think uh right on 
I think that's what makes it dangerous and difficult and complex. It's the intergenerational trauma. It's the, uh, that's the way that I was raised and I, as that was my childhood and now I'm a parent and, uh, I wasn't able to process it or didn't have the support to get through it or don't fully understand it. Uh, and now that's the way that I behave and, uh, my kids are experiencing that too. The kids that I'm raising are trying to raise are based on based on the way that I act and behave because of the trauma that, that I had as a child. So that's the intergener intergenerational aspect of it. Um, yeah. How many, How often is it the I was raised that way and I think I turned out OK. So there's the assumption that must be the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't tell people how to parent. Me personally, right? Like, right. I, I, and I think you understand that piece oh, of it too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, I'm a, like, I'm, I signed that philosophy myself. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a right way to parenting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, parenting is a difficult job. Uh, parenting is an incredibly complex, difficult job to do, and especially those that maybe are dealing with their own trauma yes. and don't have the support in place to help them. Um, so I think it get, gets back then to, if we want to tie it back to kind of the mental health piece of it is um, the self-care, the prioritizing self-care, the self-discovery and self-care, uh, finding time for yourself um, to get into a place where you can be, uh, where you can show up for other people, including your kids. You've said self-care several times yeah. throughout this episode. Let's go back to that. Because yeah. I don't think people... I feel like self-care is one of these terms that everybody tosses around right now. But I think a lot of people are wondering what exactly can that look like? Now, I know it's very individualized, but what can self-care look like? And, and what is the good that comes mm. from self-care? Mm. Yeah, you get to decide what it is, and that's the beauty of it. You get to carve out time and energy for yourself uh, and find it and find activity and space for what that looks like. And that looks like different things for different people. For me, I've found that it is um, having time each day carved out to do whatever I want to do. And sometimes that means sitting by myself in a room, breathing and meditating and doing yoga. Uh, sometimes that means it's a, a regular routine for me is to go to the YMCA and do, um, I call it the executive workout. It's the steam room, it's the sauna, and it's the hot tub. Uh, but it is knowing, I think, also like the night before or when you're planning your week is you have time to do what you need to do to get into a space to do all of the other things. Uh, and I think too often we fall into this routine of I uh, get up, I go to work, I care for the people in my family, and maybe there's some time left over for me to do whatever that is. Maybe there's a couple hours where I can watch a ball game at the end of the evening. Uh, and I think that it changes that. It says, okay, um, so so writing down your priorities and, and understanding what you have to do are important. Uh, 
Um, but for me, it was then, okay, well, what are the times within that week that I can dedicate to do the things that I want to do, that I need to do, um, that, that give me the energy to do the other priority work, um, the other things that I'm committed to do my commitments. Um, and I think, I think it's just that mindset. It's that going into the next day, knowing that you have time and energy carved out to, to be in a space where you can help support others. Uh, and that was one of the things that I learned about empathy as I study that is it starts with self-empathy. It starts making sure that your mindset is in a place where you can hold empathy for others. Uh, but until you do that, it makes it very difficult to be able to support uh, the people in your life that you want to support. Uh, if you don't take care of yourself first, self-care, prioritizing self-care. Here are the things that I need to do to be the best version of myself. And I think oftentimes I can speak for myself. It was, well, that feels selfish. Uh, I'm guilty if I do that. Um, there are other people that need me more than I need myself. And I think uh, it, if you go down that path for too long, it becomes burnout and you're, you aren't supporting the people that you want to support in the first place. If you don't prioritize that piece. What haven't you, what didn't I ask mm -hmm. that you would like to share at this time? Uh, just in general. Related to self-care, related to the topic. We're still on the topic. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I think I think what I would share is it's a complex topic and I don't have it figured out, but I'm practicing it. Uh, I, I still have challenges every day. Uh, I still, right, like uh, mental health, self-care is a practice. Um and it changes and evolves and I don't want to come on to the podcast and suggest like if you just do these things then you live in this perfect space and everything is good uh it is it, it, it life and <laughs> life and and uh the practice of it uh, is is remains challenging uh, and um, there are tools and skills that you can build that you have in your briefcase or your toolkit. Uh, and I would say, like, invest in that and broaden that toolkit because uh, life still comes at you. Uh, because there are the ups and downs with life. And it's not like if you just do these things and life is perfect. It is uh, if you have these tools in your toolkit to go to, uh, even something like uh, breath work and deep breathing as an intro to yoga. Um, I know that when I'm in a space where I'm feeling anxious or challenged or uh, things aren't going the way that I want to do, I can take two minutes and I can pull that out of my toolkit and go for a, go for a short walk and, and do some breathing and come back to it. Uh, so it's not like the secret to life is, and this is a perfect life. It is um, you're building skills and tools and resources to get to, um, which allow you to lean into difficult challenges, difficult opportunity space, um, building relationship, having difficult conversation, holding space for other. Thank you. Okay, Kosh listeners, it is time. 
thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us here in the Kosh, uh, giving us your minds and ears. Thank you for being interested in our community and the people in it and being able to, to immerse yourself in these topics. These topics, these guests go so hard. Like we we cover so many things and, and like these aren't conversations like we you would always get to have with, with people. And I feel like it is a privilege to be able to just talk about some of these topics and to share it with each other. Um, and I think it makes us better community members, better neighbors, better people. Um, so I'm, I want to say thank you for spending your time, your valuable time with us and being part of these conversations. Uh, As you know, we are a work in progress. We've always been a work in progress. We will always be a work in progress. Please, please, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know how we're doing. Let us know how we can be better. Let us know if you'd like to be a guest. Let us know if you got somebody else you would like to be a guest. We take all of that. And that is, you can reach us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Then, I always have, I've got my ask, and it's a, it's a simple ask, and that ask is, please take a moment while you're listening to the Kosh and hit your subscribe button. Um, what this does is this helps our analytics so more and more people can find out about the Kosh. We think we have something really special here, and we think more people would appreciate the opportunity to be part of these super powerful conversations that we end up having here at the Kosh. So hit subscribe and also leave a review that super helps the analytics. So, you know, I'm just going to go on and put that out there. All right. And one last thing I'm going to put out there, we are in the holiday season and I'm not quite sure if there's an interest, but if there is an interest, gosh, listeners where I can't think of any gift that says I'm super local than having a Kosh t-shirt. If there are people out there in Kosh t-shirts, let me know and I will try to get a run going for the holiday season because nothing says local like a the Kosh t-shirt. I promise you that. Now, on to what I'm going to refer to as the second favorite segment of the show, and that is... It is shout-out time. So, Eden, who do you want to shout-out? Yeah, I'm going to get myself some swag, too. Uh, sign me up for a T-shirt for the cash. So hey, shout out to the there cash. There we go. There yeah, we go. Let's do it. Uh, I'll start with my family, uh, my partner, Jenna, uh, my kids, McKenna and Quincy and Paxton. Uh, you guys are my people. So shout out to you. Uh, my sisters as well. I don't give them enough love. Uh, so Jasmine and Avalon, uh, shout out. I appreciate you. I love you both very much. Uh, I talked a little bit about uh, some organizations, so I'll give a shout out to that. Uh, Certainly Dudes and Tacos uh, through Foundations Health and Wholeness. We'll link to that. Uh, Casa of the Fox Cities is doing an amazing work. I celebrated two years as being a court-appointed special advocate. I get a lot of energy from that work. Uh, You had Leah on Appleton Engaged. So shout out to Leah and the folks at Casa of the Fox Cities. Keep doing your thing. Uh, Heads Up Fox Cities is an organization as well. Uh, Laura and Jen are doing their thing there. Uh, Give them a look. uh, Headsupfoxcities.org. Again, kind of playing in that uh, transition age youth, those aging out of the foster care system. 
Uh, give a shout out to Outagamie County Children, Youth, and Families. Uh, I mentioned that Jenna works there as a social worker. Uh, they are the front line uh, and they do a cr- incredible work and don't get enough recognition and support from the community in terms of what they do day to day. Give a shout out to Jessica Hazley uh, from That's Deep with Eden and Jess. Uh, we worked on a collaboration this year uh, over the course of 10 months, uh, completed 30 episodes of kind of that deep holding story. Uh, and she put a ton of time and energy and effort in that uh, and really was a reason that I collaborated in that. I wouldn't have started that project um, without her encouragement and support. Uh, and we've stopped and we've parted ways from that project itself. Uh, but shout out to Jess for the support uh, as part of that. Uh, Kyle Treby uh, is a good friend. Uh, he was on an episode of That's Deep. I would encourage you to kind of go take a peek there. Uh, he shared his recovery journey uh, and what he's dealing with. And um, shout out for him for being able to share his story and for him doing his thing. Uh, and lastly, to Heidi Dusick, who has a podcast called Ordinary Sherpa, uh, who has been, I refer to her as kind of a personal angel investor and has been a huge supporter in me kind of taking the leap uh, from um, uh, to, to building my own uh, consultancy, uh, giving me strength and courage and support and network in that space. Uh, shout out to Heidi Dusick at Ordinary Sherpa. All right. You came ready. Yeah. yeah. I had a list. I had a list. <laughs> you had a list. You was ready. All right. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, my shout outs. Um, I'm going to send, you know what? I'm going to send a pre shout out to the wife because uh, I talked a bunch of smack about her and her chocolate shopping and she's going to be mad at me. So I'm just going <laughs> to tell you now, baby, I love you. Don't be that mad at me because, you know, I put you on blast. You'll forgive me later. Um, want to send a shout out to John Nance, uh, my guy, like there's going to, here's my thing. I came up with this concept and I think this is going to be fantastic. And, uh, I don't know if this episode's going to get to air before this, but I thought, you know, my wife loves hosting Thanksgiving. She hosts Thanksgiving. And so my parents come up, my sister come up and their families and my daughter comes up. And so, you know, it's one of this one good thing about Thanksgiving. Everybody shows up for Thanksgiving. You can't necessarily get everybody there for Christmas. Right. So we're going to show up. And then my friend, John Nance, who's this amazing photographer, you were talking about just like some of the most emotionally caption, captivating black and whites I've ever seen. Um, he truly captures emotion. He's going to come and he's going to take family photos and we're going to break bread and for him to make time and space for me and my family um, to do that means a lot. And uh, these are going to be the Christmas gifts. So he's also helping me do my Christmas shopping in yeah. advance. So I really, really appreciate that. But um, I just think this is going to be special. And I just want to send that out there to other Kosh listeners as a concept. If you need somebody who can do amazing photography work like that to truly capture uh, the emotion and sentiment in, um, in black and white, too. It does color, but black and white. Um you need to get to know John Nance, who actually is a Kosh alum. So um, you can go find that episode about Mr. Nance. Um, 
I want to send a shout out to Diverse and Resilient. Uh, I just uh, yesterday I got an opportunity to go to their uh, mental health summit that they had in Nina, um, which was fantastic. I got to see this amazing speaker called Alok, um, which was just brilliant, just brilliant. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to give anything away about it in a sense, but let's just say um, it was a mixture of education and comedy and poetry, all interwoven in a way to make us all understand like how some of the stuff that um, we as humans fret over is kind of ridiculous and that we are all humans and we all deserve love so that was a that was quite the event all right and then my last thing that i'm gonna put out here is uh to cash listeners just so y'all know cash listeners i'm turning 50 soon so there will be a 50th uh something I kind of know what it might be. Uh, I think it's going to involve tacos. Uh, (laughs) You think I'm kidding. You know I'm not kidding. Um, And so, like, if you are interested in being part of uh, Timber's uh, 50th uh, festivities, y'all should give me a holler. You can can send me a holler at uh, uh, askthekosh at gmail.com once again. So. Now, we are at the end of the show. And there is only one thing left to do, but you've got three options to do it in. And those three options are, Eden, you can share with us some parting words of wisdom. Option B is, share with us, what would yourself today tell your 13-year-old self or option C, you can do both. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, I'm excited about Timber's 50th. Uh, that's a big <laughs> hey, deal. And, yeah. and I don't know if it's a big deal, but I'm going to promise <laughs> you this. We going to do what we do. Yeah. And uh, if anyone knows how I get down, we going to do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll try to wrap them into both. I have a 13-year-old, uh, and he's my son, and his name is Quincy. Um, so I think about this regularly. I think about um, what advice or support or how can I show up for him um, knowing that I was at once in his shoes. Um, uh, life is a gift. Life is precious. Um, our, our week started out with uh, a friend of his that he played football with uh, losing his father unexpectedly at the age of 44. Uh, and that had me in tears. Uh, uh, someone that I was watching Quincy's football games with regularly. Uh, and and um, nothing is promised. Tomorrow isn't promised. So reach out to the folks that you want to reach out to uh, and mend those relationships. Uh, Use your day as a gift uh, and uh, also support others that are going through it. Um, And then model that. Um, So we showed up at at the visitation uh, on Friday uh, and 
was able to, to go and hug and tell him that we loved him and tell him that we supported him. Uh, and that was a moment that I had with Quincy, um, where we had some time together to say, Hey, this is, this is what we have together and it's not promised. So let's make the most of it. Um, how do you love on each other? Uh, and what does that look like? Uh, so I think to your point about, you know, we're all humans and we're all deserving of love and we can all um, put energy into the relationships that matter most to us, identify those, those relationships and walk in that space and hold that space. Uh, and then the piece of like the skills that we aren't taught, like what's most important. My daughter asked me that question. Uh, it was, uh, dad, what was the most important thing you learned in school? How do you answer that? Uh, right. Like, so I said, uh, I said, you know, I, I learned how to be a friend. Uh, I learned, I learned how to, to live with kindness and respect. Uh, it wasn't a math lesson or a reading lesson necessarily, but those are the skills. What does being a good friend look like? Uh, and I don't know if I learned that in school or not, or if that's what I want her to learn in school, right? There's some of that too. And when do we learn those things? Uh, so I think it's that, I think it's holding space for others. Uh, I think it's understanding people's perspectives, different perspectives and the empathy stuff that we talked about, uh, do that each and every day. Uh, and I think that gets us closer to whatever that ultimate impact is that we're looking to have in this space. Facts. That's what I'm going to say. Facts. All right. Thank you for spending time with us. The Cash. <laughs>